Hey, Reach Paramount. Welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message continues our series, The Undeserved, with Pastor Omar Lopez in a message he's entitled, Undeserved Service. Enjoy this message. You guys can be seated this morning. We appreciate all of you being here this morning. And uh, I'm so grateful to be here on this wonderful Sunday morning with the people of God. And why don't you you turn to someone and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. And I honestly believe that today. We welcome you. And we have a wonderful time this morning. And uh, just uh, I'm already feeling like Christmas, right? And got the Christmas tree up and the whole thing. And... Um, if you don't like Christmas decoration, well, that's on you. I love it. So we can't please everybody, right? Just can't please everybody. Uh, but uh, we are on this series that we've been, we started last week, Undeserved. And when we think about that term, Undeserved, if it wasn't for the grace of God, where would we be? And so we're so grateful uh, for what Jesus did on the cross, the sacrifice that he made. And no matter how much you've achieved in life, what you've done in life, compared to the grace of God, we are still undeserving. And that's what grace is. Grace is unmerited favor. uh, Favor that we do not deserve, that we did not earn. And many of us can sometimes think, well, you know, I earned, I worked hard for it, everything else. But you forget that uh, there's a lot of things that you have benefited from. And maybe you weren't born with a disability. Maybe you weren't born... Uh, with some type of sickness and and so today because of that you're able to do what you're able to do and there's maybe you are uh, i shouldn't say this but i well, i'll just say it anyway you you weren't born in a country uh like a communist country you're born here in america where you have a lot of freedom to do what you do and so uh it's not something you did it just happened that way so we we're undeserving in so many ways am i right so many ways we're so undeserving Uh, but this morning I kind of want to talk about where we invest our lives in when it comes to serving Um, you probably hear on the news all the time about stock investments financial investments, and maybe you invest money yourself Uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about investing money into different stocks and one of the things I've noticed is when you make an investment when you make money you're happy but man, when you start losing money, you're sad. I've seen some very sad people. They're like, they're depressed. Like, man, can't believe it. You know, I thought it was going to go up and it's gone, gone, it's gone down. And as painful and upsetting as it is to lose money and to not get back on an investment, I want to tell you there's something a lot more worse than where we invest our money, where we invest our life in. What are we investing our life in? It's a lot, a lot more important than that, than all the money that you make. See, here's a couple of things. We can waste our life. And if you've been around a while, you know, you probably wasted your life before you came to Christ. Wasted a lot of time. You can spend your life and you spend money on things you probably didn't need to keep up with people you didn't like, right? With money you didn't have, am I right? And then... You can think about, again, wasting your life, spending your life, or you can invest your life. What are you going to invest your life in? And I believe the greatest investment that you can make is investing in something that's going to outlive you. 
that can outlive your time here on earth. In other words, after you die, what you invested on in, in is going to keep going. So I want to read a verse of scripture here, and then we're going to get right into this message. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Because of God's great mercy to us, often, or offer yourself, I should say, as the living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service. I'm going to read it again. Because of God's great mercy to us, offer yourself as the living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness today. We thank you, Lord, that you're so good. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you saved us and you had mercy on us. So I pray today for the anointing of the Holy Spirit as I declare the word of God and let your people hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. So this morning, I want to talk about undeserved service. And let me just kind of give you where I'm going with this. And this message today is going to challenge you. I'm, I'll dare say there's somebody in here that needs to hear this. I would say most of us need to hear this today. So I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to step on your toes a little bit. Is that all right? Sometimes we just need a message like that. Uh, because oftentimes we uh, have a, a wrong perspective of Christianity. So let me kind of give you a, a little bit of where I'm going. Deep inside all of us, everyone, I don't know uh, every person in here, but I can tell you, you desire to make your life count. There's something inside of us that we want to make a contribution to life. We want to be able to say when we die that we made a difference, that we left our mark in, in this life and we made a difference in other people's lives. All of us, I believe, deep inside want that. And I believe God wired us that way to make a difference. But the only way you're really going to make a difference is you got to give yourself away. You got to be willing to die to yourself because many people spend their entire life frustrated, trying to fulfill their life, trying to get gratification off of doing their, their own thing rather than fulfilling the will of God. See, when it comes to personal gratification, many people choose to, uh, choose to do their own thing and gratify themselves with everything they can for their own personal gain and selfishness. And I can tell you, there's a lot of people in the world today that they have a lot of money. And some of the wealthiest people in the world today, uh, they're not happy. How many times have you watched on television have you watched, or you've seen some article about some wealthy person? Man, they've been married three or four times. Man, they, they, they can't settle down. They've been in and out of rehab. So if money can fulfill your life, then, uh, then the wealthiest people in the world would be happy. So what brings us gratification? What actually fulfills our lives? And I want to just say to you today, what brings meaning to our lives is what I call ministry. Say ministry. Now, what is the word ministry? What does it mean? In the Greek, is diakono is the word they use, and it means to serve. So in the New Testament, ministry is seen as service to God. Now you may say, well, what does that have to do with us? I want to just kind of bring clarity to you because when we serve, we are doing ministry. It's called Christian ministry, serving God 
and serving God in some capacity of ministry, we are basically saying, God, I choose to give my life away. It's a choice. It's not something God forces you to do. God doesn't force you to do ministry. He doesn't force you to give your life away to encourage others and to help others. Now, a lot of us this morning, if we're not careful, we can live our life totally selfish. You can live your life uh, egotistically and have a big old ego and be an uh, ignorant jerk or arrogant jerk or serve myself and me, myself and I, or you can do what God called you to do and give your life away. And I want to just today share with you how you can give your life away in service. Great illustration of that is in John chapter 13, verse number 12. The Bible talks about Jesus is there with the disciples right before he's taken or arrested. And it said, after washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and he asked, do you understand what I was doing? This is a great question to you, all of us. Do you understand what Jesus is doing here? He had just washed the feet of his disciples. He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Now, does that mean we're going to have foot washing services here every Sunday? No, doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean that we're washing everybody's feet every time. That's what we're doing. That's not what Jesus is doing. I, again, I'm, I'm not saying that some people don't do that. But that's not what Jesus is. He's using this as a metaphor or as an example. He says, I'm giving you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. He says, slaves are not greater than their master. Nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, this is what Jesus said, God will bless you, what? For doing them. I hear a lot of people that want the blessing of God, but I don't see a lot of people serving. I don't see a lot of people volunteering. God, I'm I, pastor, I want God's blessing. Serve. Oh, oh no, no, I don't, not, I don't want that kind of blessing. Find a ministry in church. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I want, Jesus said right here. God will bless you for doing them. You want the blessing of God? Then it's going to be found. And I told, told you I was going to get a little hard already. I think some of you already, you're pushing back, but it's okay. The secret to life's fulfillment is learning how to serve. There's an old Chinese proverb, and I, I, like, I read this the other day. It says, if you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. Man, some of you, man, you're good at that. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. Some of you are really good at this. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. But if you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody else. Now, that's a Chinese proverb. That's not even the Bible. And yet, even these philosophers in times past, they understood fulfillment comes from serving others. I, I love the scripture. I'm going to read it to you. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 and 13. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in a sinful desire. Do not let any part of your body become tools of wickedness to be used for sinning. But give yourself what? Completely to God. Not just part of you. Not just some of you. It's completely every part of you. For you are back from death. Remember, we were dead before we came to Christ. And you want to be tools in his hand. You want to be a tool in God's hand to be used 
for his good purpose. So all of us this morning have been called to be tooth in God's hand so that he could use your life, not for your own selfish gain, but to change the lives of other people. So are you willing this morning to lay your personal ambition, to lay some of your plans aside, your personal desires to fulfill God's will for your life? Because God today, let me just tell you, he gave his life for you. And reality is this. Why should we do it? Because we owe everything to Christ. I said we owe everything to Christ. We say it. We worship. We say, hey, with all, you know, with my, my you know, with breath in my lungs, you know, I, I, I give out a praise. I don't even know all the words to it, but we're singing it. We're worshiping. I surrender all these things. We love to do it. But when God says, okay, I want you now to put to work what I've said, what you said you're going to do. And then we say, oh, well, you know, I I just sing it. I don't do it. Romans 12, 1. Again, because of God's great mercy to us, offer yourself as living sacrifice to God, dedicated to his service. So let me just be real honest with you today. We do it because we, we owe God everything. I don't do it out of duty. We don't serve God out of fear. We don't serve God out of some kind of guilt. We don't serve God out of anger. We serve God out of gratitude because I'm undeserving and I'm just grateful. It's, it's not that I have to serve, but I get to serve. I get to serve. See, I've always looked at the call of God and serving the Lord. Not something that I have to do, something I get to do. Man, you mean I get to serve God? You mean I get to be a part of what God, you mean I, I, I can allow, God can move in my life. I'm allowing God to use me uh, and God would use me. And, and let this be real clear. God wants us to be a, contrib- a contributor, not a consumer. God wants us to contribute back and to see other lives. See, pa- ministry is not just something the pastor does. Ministry is something we all do. All of us are supposed to serve, and all of us this morning are supposed to contribute to life. So here's this great story, an analogy that Jesus uses in Matthew 25, and it's a heavy story. I've been reading this story all week and just kind of getting into this story, and I kind of want to break it down to you as quick as I can. I have a lot of points I want to be. I have way too much information and not enough time, but I'm going to read this verse of Scripture Uh, For some of you that never read this story, out of Matthew chapter 25, verse number 14. And again, uh, the kingdom of God is like this man, uh, like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to, to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. To each according what? To their ability. Then he went away. And he who had received five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five more. So he got more on his return. He invested those five talents, and he got five more. Uh, And so he who had two also made two more. But he who had received the one talent, just the one talent guy, went out, dug in the ground. He dug a hole in the ground, hid his master's money. Remember, it wasn't his money, it's his master. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came to settle his account. Really, it, that word settle means reckoning. There's going to be a day of reckoning, a day of accountability. He came to settle those accounts. And, and he who had received five talents came forward bringing five more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I've made five more. His master said to him, Well done, 
you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And also the one who received two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've done, I've made two more talents. His master said, well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man. Reaping where you did not sow. Gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. Now when I hid your talent in the ground. And here I have what is yours. But his master answered said you wicked and slothful. Lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown. And gather where I have not scattered no seed. You ought to have invested my money with the bankers. You should at least put some money in the bank. I would have got some interest. And at my coming, I would have received what was my own interest. So take the talent from him, give it to the one that has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and, and, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. That's a heavy message, isn't it? And I didn't even say it. It's Jesus. And so basically, here, here, here write this down. Number one. If we're going to be servants of God, and again, we're undeserving servants, we got to know who the owner is. Who is the owner? Everything belongs to God. God made it. Everything that you have, you're only borrowing it. It's on loan. Your life is on loan. Most of us this morning will live 60, 70, 80, if you're lucky, up into your 90s, but it's borrowed time. The Bible says that in uh, 1 Timothy 6, 7, we brought nothing into this world and certainly we could take nothing out. So everything that we have, whatever you own, whatever you possess, your money, your cars, your all of these different things, uh, it's just a loan. Because when you die, there's not going to be a U-Haul connected to, or, uh, to, your, to your hearse, right? You're not taking nothing with you. In fact, all your clothes, everything's going to belong to someone else after you die. All your furniture. Some of you go, I'm saving my furniture for my kids. Your kids don't want your furniture. Let me just tell you. They're, it, it, it's out of date. It's not even their style. Amen. And so I'm saving my thing for my kids. Uh, your kids don't want it. Let me just tell you. Uh, and, and they're going to give it away. It'll be a goodwill right after you die. It's just the truth. Be honest with you. I look at our furniture. I'm gonna leave. Nobody wants any of that. You know, they probably want a few pictures and a few things and everything's going to be a big yard sale. So just think about that, that I'll be honest with you. I'm being honest. There's just not enough. And so we think that we own it and what you have, it's going to belong to someone else. Everything that you have, you don't even really own it. So God has made us stewards. He made us a manager. That's what the word steward means. We are managers simply managing what God gave us uh, to manage what we have or what he's given us until he returns. And so are you a good manager? Let me give you an example. Let's just suppose that you lived, uh, you had a cabin up in the mountains and you said, Pastor, I'm going to be gone uh, for six months. I'd like you to live in my cabin uh, for six months until I get back. I said, really? He goes, yeah, it's got a wonderful view of the valley. It's right next to, uh, you know, there's a lake there. I'm thinking, my goodness, this is awesome. Uh, And then the guy tells me, you know what, Pastor, I just need you to do three things. I need you to feed my dog every day. 
I need you to, you know, make sure to pick up the mail for me. I said, man, I can, I think I can handle that, you know, and make sure to just keep the place clean. I said, I could do that. And so let's say I did that and I moved there. And six months later, the guy comes back and says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm ready to move back in. I said, you know, I kind of gotten comfortable here. Kind of like this bed and I like my car in the garage. And, and it would be presumptuous of me to act like I owned it when he just loaned it to me. But that's what we do all the time with our own lives. We think this is my car. This is my career. This is my money. This is my family. This is my home. You forgot it's just a loan. God blessed you with it. Uh, God only loaned it to you. Are you hearing me? You don't own anything. Look at Matthew 25, verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servant. We're just a servant. And he entrusted his property. So the property did not belong to the servant. The property belonged to the master. And he's saying, you're here. I'm going to let you use this. Here's this money. Here's what it belongs to me. But I'm, I'm entrusting you with this property. Number two, are you ready for this? All, everything that we have, every talent and gifting that we have is, again, it's the gift of God. It belongs to him. So everything that you own, everything you possess, and every talent, a lot of us this morning have unique talents. Now look at what the Bible says. It talks about that he gives these talents to each servant. A talent back then was equal to about a thousand dollars. Could be some people say five thousand. Whatever amount it was, it was simply a talent. It was worth some money. And so the Bible says he gave that guy five thousand dollars. The other guy two thousand, and the other guy one thousand. You just say that, okay? But today, talent is different. The, the the word talent today is a natural ability or God gifting to you and I. So uh, the English word. We get the English word talent from this specific uh, 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 scripture right here, meaning natural talent or gifting. So all of us this morning, we have some kind of gifting or some kind of natural talent. Some of us have musical talent. Some of us this morning, you may have some mechanical talent. Some of us today, we may have some business talent. Some of you may be very talented when it comes to children. You may have some leadership talent. Whatever your talent or your ability is, some of you have some great talent when it comes to cooking. I'd like to talk to you after service. Uh, 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 any of those things, maybe baking, I kind of like that too. So if all the bakers, we can get you lined up uh, uh, every Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, some of you have... I natural way my wife says that you don't need enough food you got you eat too much already but anyway uh, some of us this morning you have a natural ability to organize uh, and it's just some uh, you know if you meet these people I, I'm not this great organizer but you meet people they just have this natural ability to organize to decorate all these different things and so here we have this ability some of it is natural that you just just it just come and a lot of it is God he's just gifted it to you Verse 15 says he gave five talents of money to one, another two talents, another one to one talent according to their ability. So the, <clears throat> so the amount of gifting and the amount of ability, it really, it varies from, <clears throat> from one person to another. Some people just got one talent. Some people got two. Some people got five. It doesn't matter. God this morning gave you the talent. Now we understand, we hear this term 
God create, we're all created equal. We are equal in value. We are all equal, we are loved equally, but we're not equal in talent and ability. Are you hearing me? Some of us have more talent than others, just to be honest. I mean, I wish I could sing like my son. I just, you know, I don't sing that good. You know, I wish I could play that guitar. I don't, I don't have that ability, you know. So some of us this morning have different talent, not equal talent. We all have different abilities. And really, when you think of it, all of us this morning, we're gifted even just being born where we're born here. Again, uh, we have some privileges that some people around the world would... Man, we have a leg up on people around the world. They would give their life just to be living here. And so that's the gift in itself. And so there's not a person in this building that doesn't have a talent. You say, well, I don't have... You have some kind of talent. You just haven't discovered it yet. You haven't honed in on what your talent is. But all of us this morning have some kind of gifting some kind of ability, you're good at something, and God wants you to use it for his glory. Again, Romans 12, 6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace that had been given to us. Now, here's the thing that it leads up to. Because you have a talent, and because it's been loaned to you, and because God has given it to you, there's going to be a day of accountability. Say accountability. And accountability simply means you're going to accept responsibility for your action. It's basically owning up to your actions today. No excuses. You have to own up for your actions. You have to be accountable for what God has given you. So in other words, God expects us to use our giftings and our abilities and our talents for his glory. Because God has invested in you. God has deposited something in your life today that he expects you to use. It's not to be used for your own selfish gain. It's to be used to see other lives change. Look at what Romans 14, 12 says. Each of us will give an account of himself to God. So one day... God is going to hold us accountable for whatever gifting and talent that we have. And that we use it for his glory or for your own glory. Verse 19, it said, after a long time, you guys are getting quiet. After a long time, the master of the servants returned and what? He settled the account. In other words, there came a day of auditing. You're going to be audited by God. Some of you are scared of the IRS, but wait till you get audited by God. One day, you're going to stand before God, and you're going to give account for what you did with your giftings and your talents and your ability, and guess what? Your excuses don't hold water. You say, well, this happened. It doesn't matter. Those are excuses. When you blame, you be lame, right? So when we blame other people, trying to blame everybody else, blame this situation, it doesn't hold water with God. God is going to hold us. There's going to be a day of reckoning this morning where God's going to settle our, uh, he's going to settle his account and you're going to have to give account for what you did with your talent. So here's the other point I want to say to you this morning. After accountability, God is going to say, okay, how did you utilize the gift that I gave you? The Bible said the one with one talent, what did he do? He got the gift or the talent and he buried it. The other guys, they doubled their talent. But this one guy, 
He got the, he got the gift. He said, well, you know what? I didn't get what they got. You know, they got five. I got two. I got one. You know what? You know, what's the use? I, I, what can I do with one? And I, I preached that a few months ago and he just buried it, right? He just put it, he just put it. Remember, I, I, I preached a few months ago about, about a dollar. What can we do with a dollar? And, and a dollar is powerful. You go to the dollar store, right? You can do a lot of stuff with a dollar, right? You can start a whole company with a dollar. Who knows? But what I'm saying is he began to uh, blame and he, he, he became kind of fearful. He kind of became, he kind of lost his courage. The Bible says when the master came to hold him account and said, how did you utilize what I gave you? In verse 26, uh, the master, his response is, well, I went and buried it. The master's response says, you wicked and lazy servant or slothful servant. Now, to me, that sounds like the master is upset. How many would get that tone right there? You wicked and lazy servant. Now, when we think of the word wicked, most of the time we're thinking of somebody that's murdered somebody. Or somebody that maybe abused somebody or, or done something really vile. But the Bible says that the master uses the word wicked. Why does the word, why is it the, the word wicked being used here? Basically what it's defined as an untrustworthy servant. It's evil when you don't use what God has given you for his glory. See, I told you it was going to get hard. Because what we're doing is we're playing it safe. That's what this servant was doing. He was playing it safe. He was saying, hey, I'm not going to take any risk. You're a coward. I'm not going to take any chances. You're a coward. That's what the Bible is saying. You wicked, slothful servant. He's basically, you're a coward. You don't want to take any risk. It's unexcusable. God would rather you do something than nothing at all. It, 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 man, I'd rather try doing something and failing than not than failing not to do anything. Are you hearing me? And so he's saying, man, uh, well, you know, he, he starts making all the excuses. Uh, and when he calls them all together and gives an account, uh, this one guy was just, uh, he said, well, you know, I, I wasn't sure what to do. Uh, and, and he lost sight the fact that God had given him a gift. He lost sight that God had loaned him uh, this money or loaned him this talent. Uh, and he began to make excuses. See, God is looking not for spectators, but participators. See, we got to find some motivation this morning. Verse 25, it says, he said, I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. I was afraid. What keeps us from developing our potential and our gifting? A couple of things, the reason why we're afraid, and and some of you really need to hear this, self-doubt. You have this self-doubt. I could never do that. I'm not qualified you know what? I'm going to fail. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself. Some of us, when, when the teacher at school would say, raise your hand if you, you know, I need you to read this. You would just, you're like, man, you were hiding. That was me. I'd be hiding, man. I don't want to say anything. Right? Why? Because we, we didn't want, we, we were afraid to fail. And let me just tell you, failure is not fatal this morning. Failure is an event, not a person. So a lot of us this morning, because we have this self-doubt and we're afraid to fail, we won't step out and do anything. And can I tell you something? You're going to learn from your failure. Uh, the pastor years ago, it really helped me. 23 years ago, I, I remember, I think it might have been 24 years ago, I was in a very discouraging place. I felt that I was failing in ministry, that I was not doing a good job. 
that everything they seemed to be doing wasn't working. Let me tell you, when you fail, you learn what not to do. Some of us need to fail often so you can know what not to do. And say, hey, yeah, that don't work. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. No, no way. That got me in trouble. Man, I got, that took me the wrong place. And a lot of us this morning, so I read this book called Failing Forward by John Maxwell. And he was talking about how failure, if you, a lot of people fell backwards when it ought to cause you to fail forward. You ought to learn from your mistakes. You ought to learn from your failures. You ought to learn from the things that you did wrong so it can pro, uh, propel you forward, not backwards. So some of us this morning, we just ha- should have a failure week. Fail as a parent so you can learn what not to do. Fail as an employee so you can learn not what to do, right? Uh, uh, it should be a whole failure week this week for many of you. So by next week, you're failing forward. Am I right? Did that make sense to a lot of us this morning? Some of you don't like what I'm saying, but it's okay. A lot of reasons why we fail too, or we, we're afraid, is because we have this self-consciousness. Like we're worried about what everybody else thinks. What are they going to say? If you're worried about it, what everybody else thinks, you wouldn't be saved today. You're not going to go anywhere. You, 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 you might as well put your head in the sand. And the Bible says in Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man is a snare. It's a trap. You're afraid. You're self-conscious. That you're afraid what everybody else is going to think. And so what do you do? You, you, you go bury your talent. You bury your ability because you're afraid what everybody else says. I, I, I've learned something. You're not going to please everybody. As a pastor, I've made so many decisions, I've found that there's always a critic in the crowd. Well, why are we doing that? And look at them, Harold, you know, whatever it is, you know. Why are we going there? Why are we remodeling that? Why are we getting a screen? Why are we doing that? You know, if I listened to the critics, we wouldn't do anything. I'm serious. We wouldn't go anywhere. We wouldn't make any changes. Because somebody's going to criticize something we bought, something we didn't do, something we, we did, all of these different things. And here's the thing. Uh, we can't be afraid of people. We need to be accountable to God. Hallelujah. And so our self-consciousness, uh, many times, we, it becomes a trap. And we say, well, that person has more talent than me. And that person can do it better. So therefore, you don't have to be a superstar, friend. We're not looking for superstars. We're just looking for someone that will serve from their heart to please God. Can you say amen? And then you got that person. The reason why we're fearful is self-pity. I failed in the past, and I'm afraid to fail again. Some of you need to hear this today. I'm, I'm preaching this morning. Some of you this morning, you've allowed your past to keep you from being used of God. Can I say it this way? You need to get past your past. Can you say amen? Well, you know, I, I, I can, you know, I, my, I've had so many failures in my life. I've made so many mistakes. I've had some major failures. I'm on God's B team. Some of you say I'm on God's C team and I'm, I'm way back there, you know, and I failed and I've done so many things. And so you get into this self-pity. You know, I didn't do well here. I failed here. And, and can I just tell you some of the greatest men of God in the Bible were failures? Some of the greatest failures in the Bible were men of God. When I think of Two disciples that had some spectacular failure was Peter and, and Judas. There are two men that had failures. What did they do? Both of them basically committed the same sin. They both denied Christ during the crunch time. When Jesus needed these two the most, they denied him and basically betrayed him. 
But Judas went out and had a pity party and hung himself. But Peter, what he did, if he went out bitterly and wept and grieved and repented of his sin, and guess what? He, the very first guy that when Jesus resurrected or when Jesus ascended into heaven, he was the first guy on the day of Pentecost to preach the gospel. And 3,000 people got saved. God can use the failure. Even if you messed up. Moses was a murderer and God used him. David was an adulterer and God used him. Abraham was a coward. Twice he said, oh, told his wife, hey, tell him you're my sister, not my wife. That wouldn't fly today. I'm going to just tell you that. That, that, would, that wouldn't even fly. So a lot of us this morning, we think, well, God doesn't use imperfect people. Can I tell you? He does. He does. You have value. Let me, let me just say this. I got a $50 bill here. How many want this? Okay. Hold on a second. I didn't say I'd given it away. I said, how many want it? So if we have this bill, if I crumbled it up, I mean, I've crumbled it up really good here. I mean, it's just really crumbled. You've probably seen this illustration, so don't, don't, don't take my thunder, okay, if you've already seen it. Oh, I've seen that. Okay, critic, here we go. Uh, so, so we got the $50 bill right here. How many still want it? All right. All right, I'm, I'll take it a step further. There we go. There we go. Anybody still want this $50 bill? If you want it, come and get it. If you want it, come and get it. If you want it, come and get it. All right. If you snooze, you lose, right? You got to be quick, guys. Got to respond real quick here. Here we go. So what, what was it? This morning, you got this $50 bill. Some of us have been like that $50 bill. We've dropped, we've been dropped, we've been stomped on, we've been said all kinds of dumb things. But guess what? You're still valuable to God. You have not lost your value. So we need to stop making excuses this morning as to why God can't use us. I'm not good enough. I failed. You know, I've messed up. And you have this big old pity party of your past. You're having a big pity party of why you can't do things. Well, you know, I went through this in my life. I've done this. I made, you know, there's a lot of people in the Bible made all kinds of mistakes. Matthew 25, verse 24. When the man who had received one talent came and said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man. Harvesting where you haven't sown. Gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your talent. You know what he was basically doing? He was blaming his boss for his failure and justifying why he wasn't doing it. You see, that's what a lot of people do. They, they find some kind of justification. They're blaming something or situation, somebody. A lot of times we're even blaming God for our lack of service. We're blaming God for not being in the center of God's will. We're blaming God why we're not doing Why, well, you know, I did this, this happened. You know, I, I, my, my parents, if I had just had better parents, if I had just married a good girl, I'd be better. If I, if I hadn't gotten a divorce, you know, you got all kinds of excuses. Stop making excuses, coward, amen, and start putting God first in your life. I told you it was gonna be hard. See, most likely, most of the time, Satan will always attach a fear to your greatest talent. I'm going to say it again. Satan will most likely attach a fear 
for your greatest talent or to your greatest talent because he doesn't want you to use that talent for God's glory. And he will always attach some great fear to your great talent. Some of you are so talented in so many areas, but that's your greatest fear, and that's what's keeping you behind. And you're bearing the very thing that God gave you. It's a gift. It's a gift. I'm going to have to speed through this thing real quick here, but I want to talk about application. So what do we do? How do we apply it? Because if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. The master said, take the talent from the one who didn't use it and give it to the one that has 10 talents. Have you ever noticed in life the people who are more talented seem to get more and more talented? The people that are doing something. Can I tell you who the people that God uses in our church is the people that are already busy. I don't look for people that are not busy. I look for the most busiest person because I know that person will get it done. The person that's always like, no, I don't want to do something. Yeah, I, yeah, I already know. You're already running. I can't count on you. But that person that's busy, I can count. It's like it's the, at work, you don't use the guy that's lazy. You use the guy that's already hustling. Let's be honest. You use for the guy that's working. So if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And so that's what the master said. Hey, you know what? This guy didn't want to use it. Give it to the guy that has 10. That's a universal principle. God has the right to take anything that he gave you and give it to somebody else if you're not going to use it for his glory. Remember, he's the master. You're just a servant. It's like muscles. If you don't use your muscles, you're going to lose them. They said, the older you get, you need to, you know, you need to strengthen your muscles because if you don't use them, you're going to lose them. First thing they tell you, as soon as you get an operation, they want you walking. They want you using those muscles. They want you activating yourself, getting, getting yourself moving because they know that if you don't use them, you're going to lose them. They, they say, even our mind, we got to begin to don't just sit around watching TV all the time. You, utilize your mind, read, uh, do something with it because if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Begin to use what God gave you. In Hebrews 13, 21, equip you, he equips you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom the glory be forever and ever. So let me just ask you a question. What do you need to do more of with your life? What do you need to do more of? What thing can you do more of? Because I believe today, as you serve God, man, God will multiply it. God did not call us to be some selfish person. God didn't call us to be somebody that just to ourselves. Can you say amen? We have to put God first. I said, put God first. Not second, not third, first. So here's the thing that happens, and I got to move real quickly, that God, at the end of the day this morning, he watches what we do with our lives and with our talent and our service, and guess what? There's compensation coming. Because the Bible says that when they came to him, uh, the Bible says, he said, his master said to them, he said to the first one, the one that multiplied it, he said, well done, you good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, but now I'm going to set you over much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So there's affirmation. God is going to affirm you. He's going to say, well done, now good and faithful servant. And then there's a promotion. You've been faithful over a few Guess what? I'm promoting you over much. I'm giving you a promotion. Can you say amen? See, when we get to eternity, you want to get a promotion. 
You want to be able for the work that you've done, your faithfulness this morning, and your promotion is based upon what you did with your gifts here on this earth. And then there's a celebration that says, enter into the joy. There's a party going on in heaven, amen, because you have done something with your life. So all of us this morning, we need to look at our life today and say, what am I doing? I have a few people this morning that I want them to come up and share how God has used them and how excited they are about service. So I want them all three to come and come in this order. Uh, Sister Desiree, uh, Madison, Johnny. So I want Dad to go first. And Maddie, and they're going to kind of give you a brief, briefly, guys, okay, because I'm preaching, briefly tell us what, how the Lord has used you. Hello. Hi, guys. Um, so my name is Desiree, um, and I've been serving in this church for um, nine years already. It's going to be 10 years next year. Wow. Um, um, I serve in the cafe. Um, you guys probably see me there um, every service. Sorry. I, like, love being in the cafe. Um <laughs> I also usher, um, and then I am in hospitality, um, and I wish I could be in every ministry, and sometimes I joke, like, how come there aren't more of me, but that's uh-huh. why there are, there's you, Amen. Um, and so, but I say that because I love to serve, and um, sorry, guys, I'm so nervous. <laughs> okay. um, I actually made a joke to um, Eddie, my husband, this morning, because we wrote Pastor Omar and Sister Lethia card saying, if they ever need anything, um, you know, we're always here. And then they asked me to speak, and I'm like, shoot, like, <laughs> you actually get, <laughs> they'll use you, you guys. So, um, but I love serving. Um, I think it's actually um, my, my purpose. I feel like God put me in this church to serve, and um, honestly, serving people has just, kept me so accountable. Um, You know, serving God, it isn't easy. Um, There are going to be times that you want to give up and you want to leave, but serving will keep you accountable. You can't just leave um, because there are people depending on you. And um, there have been times when I, I didn't feel like coming. My flesh, I was unwilling. I didn't feel like coming. And I thought, I can't. Pastor Omar depends on me. Um, You guys depend on me. Uh, My leaders depend on me. And I, um, and the difference that it's made in my life is it's kept me faithful, um, accountable. It's given me purpose. And, um, and I've seen the same for others. I, I've seen others come in and where they felt um, like they weren't a part. Serving has given them community. And community, it's turned into family. And I see people come in as a newcomer and not um, feel a part of that. And serving gives you um, that place. And it really does give you a family um, in the kingdom of God. And I want to say something that Pastor Marcel said at our bridge conference two years ago. He said, um, people will work for a what, but they'll give their life for a why. And um, what we do is we serve, but why we do it is is something completely different. And why I serve is because I'm grateful. Um, I'm grateful for our pastors um, who have been doing this for 30 years. They've given their life for this. And um, you know, God didn't call us to be comfortable. He called us to serve. So um, be obedient in that. And um, just remember you're most like Christ when you're serving. So um, I on, encourage yeah. you guys sign up. Um, and thank you. All right, Maddie. Hello. So uh, my name is Maddie. Um, I work as a cashier in the cafe. And I also work with the children, uh, the two and three-year-olds. 
I worked uh, in the cafe, cafe since I was 14, uh, and I'm turning 16 in February. All right. Um, and I've been working with the, the little babies for as long as I can remember. Um, as long, yeah. <laughs> um, the ministry has changed me for the better. Uh, at first, I didn't want to work in the cafe, but Renee courted me one day, and and I was like, "Oh, okay, sure." <laughs> and uh, now I love it. I literally, I seriously love my ministry so much. Uh, I wouldn't give it up for the world. Um, it's taught me patience, and it's helped me develop relationships both in the cafe and also just talking to people with the customers. Um, I get to meet new people. I get to meet newcomers, people I don't necessarily know. I get to. Uh, be introduced to them, um, and I realize that I can make people's days better when I'm in the cafe. I can, you know, give them a smile. You know, if somebody's feeling sad or not too good that day, I can always uh, say like, "Hey, how was your day? How are you doing?" And you know, that can that can improve people's lives. Um, ministry has also given me more confidence. I was I was I'm a really shy person. I'm really introverted, and so give me give me the opportunity to not talk, and I won't. <laughs> And um, so uh, this ministry has given me more confidence to talk to people because I, ha- I kind of have to when I, cash- when I have to do the cashier. Um, it's improved my people skills greatly, and it's be- beneficial to both my spirit and my future. Uh, you know, since I'm 16, I'm going to have to get a job soon. And this, yeah, I'm going to have to get a job soon. Um, <laughs> um and uh, because of this, this could go into my work experience, uh, which will make me, like, a lot uh, more likable. Amen. I don't know, what's, whatever the word is, in interviews. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it's shown me that it doesn't matter how young or old you are, as long as you serve the kingdom. Come on. <laughs> All right, good, uh, good morning. My name is Johnny uh, Alcaraz. And... Uh, so I've been, uh, I've been serving in this church for tw- 11 and a half years. I've been here 12 years, me and my, my beautiful wife. Um, so what ministries I'm involved in, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an usher, I'm a head usher. Uh, I'm involved in the Reach Kids. I get, I get the privilege of teaching your, your little ones, amen. Uh, I'm also a connect group leader, me and my wife, and so uh, that's a blessing in itself. And then we, we're actually, I'm actually part of the setup team. It's an unofficial ministry, but we get here at seven in the morning on, before service, before everyone gets here, and we make sure everything is running smoothly. Uh, why am I involved? I serve out of a heart of gratefulness uh, to the Lord, but also I love to serve people. Why should you? So here's a question for yourself. Why should you get involved? Well, one, ministry teaches you how to work with others. You might say, I don't, I'm not good with people. Well, this is a, getting involved in ministry is a perfect way to get out of your shell, eh? uh, being uh, comfortable, being uncomfortable. Amen. Um, another thing is we build relationships that are lifelong lifelong relationships while you're serving in the house of God. And, uh, but also there are m- many moments in serving, whether it's an usher, coffee, whatever it may be, that you're a blessing to somebody else. You're a smile. You're, you know, sometimes I've, people said, man, just you greeting just made my day. And now we can, we come back because of that moment. And so, uh, and, and then because, and because you were there, you were able to encourage someone. And also, there is blessing. Not that we do it for blessing, but there is blessing behind. Um, there are many men in the Bible who were uh, 
blessed while they were working. Amen. You think of uh, uh, Nehemiah. You think of Moses working in his father-in-law's uh, uh, ministry, right? And so there's blessing in ministry. So I encourage you guys, if you're not involved, get involved and let God use you. Don't get, get out Come of your comfort, your comfort zone. Amen. Amen. Come on. Well, we appreciate all, every single one of them for their involvement. And because of their involvement, we could do what we do. And if I could say anything to everyone in this place today, it, let's just be a doer of the word. Because the Bible says we should utilize the talents and the abilities that we have for his glory. We, we were going to show a, um, a clip, but we're not going to show it. We'll probably show it in a few weeks called Any Given Sunday. And on any given Sunday here at our church... There's people early. They get here early in the morning. Uh, they're cleaning up. They're organizing. Um, way before you get here, there are people practicing the worship team. We got sound check. got people working in the cafe. We have a setup team. So before you even got here, there are already multiple of people working and laboring in the church before you even walked into the building today. And then during the service, we have multiple ministries that are going on. We have children's ministry, ushering uh, we have, uh, you know, obviously our nursery, a cafe. They're cooking food next door for you already. I know some of you are already hungry and bagels and whatever they're out there making. Uh, people are just serving. We have people at our administration that are serving. Uh, this is not a one-man show. There are people working and serving, using their gifting. And can I tell you, I want to challenge you. Some of you this morning, you have some gifting and talents that could be utilized for his kingdom right here in this house. And they could be used, amen, to help somebody here and help this church. So we need you today. We want you to volunteer. We're going to have a, uh, uh, some sign-ups to ministry. have lots of multiple ministries. You can find one place where you can serve. Even if it's just greeting someone out in the front. Maybe set-up team right here. Ushering, whatever it may be. But all of us can find a place in the house of God where I can serve. What is, what is the psalmist? If, if I could just be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. Just, just, just the doorkeeper, he said. So I want to challenge you today. We're so undeserving, but we get to serve. So let's bow our heads in reverence to the Lord. Father, we thank you today for your grace. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for allowing us to serve. And Lord, you didn't come to be served, but you said you came to serve others. And so God, we want to follow your example. We want to follow Christ's example to be servants in your kingdom. And so this morning, if you're here, you know what? And you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never surrendered your, your heart to Christ. You know what? You may just be serving yourself today. Because honestly, when we're not serving God, we're just serving ourselves. We're doing what we want to do. The Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Without Christ today, the Bible says we've got to serve somebody. Who are you serving today? Are you serving God? Are you serving yourself? Are you serving sin? Today, I want to give you an opportunity, I should say the Lord does this morning, to give your heart to Christ today, to give your heart to Christ. If you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, don't leave here without giving your life to Christ. Jesus came to this earth. He came to this earth to save souls, to save people. And all of us this morning, we need salvation, no matter who you are today. So if you be honest with God, honest with yourself, say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. I need Jesus in my life. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you just raise your hand right now. Say, Pastor, I need the Lord in my life. Is there anyone here in this building right now? You say, that's me, that's me. 
I, I, I need Jesus in my life. I need to give my life to Christ. Whoever you are this morning, raise your hand if you haven't raised it up already. So that's me. I need the Lord in my life. I need to give my life to Jesus today. I need to give my life to Jesus. Maybe this morning you were once serving God, but you're away from God today. And you need to come back. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Raise your hand right now. Is there anyone at all? Back over there. God bless you. Anybody else this morning? We don't want you to leave here. Right over here on my right side. God bless you. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord this morning. I, I need to come back to the Lord. I need to come home. We're waiting for you today. God's waiting for you. Is there anybody else right now? You'd raise your hand. You'd raise your hand. Amen. Back there. Thank you for raising your hand. Over here. God bless you. Would you do me a favor? You raise your hand. Look up at me real quick. Just look at me real quick. Over here, over there, over here. Would you stand to your feet and just meet me right here? I'm not here to embarrass you. We want to pray for you. Would you just come back over there, over there? Just come. We need some, some workers that have come. Somebody will walk with you. Over there. Somebody will walk with you. Come. And, and I want you guys to pray with them. Just go ahead and start praying with them. This young lady here coming. Another one over here. Amen. Come on. Let's pray. Let's pray with them. Pray with her. Anybody else? Come on. People give, giving their life to Christ. Why don't we all stand together, matter of fact? Why don't we all stand together? Here's the challenge today. As these pray today, they're going to give their life to Christ. And many of them are rededicating their life right now. Here's the challenge to you in the congregation. Here's the challenge to you in the congregation. What if God calling you to serve in what capacity I'm telling you today the greatest thing that ever happened in my life when I gave to my, my number one with giving my life to Jesus number two that I had the privilege to serve in ministry man that was the greatest opportunity man I got to serve not I have to serve not I'm forced to serve but I get to serve I get to do something for God and I, I remember I just couldn't wait where I got saved, can I be honest, where I got saved, you couldn't do anything till after you were saved six months. You had to be there six months. And I remember like five, and five, five months and 15 days, you know, I'm still waiting for two weeks. You know, I couldn't get involved in it. That's the way it was back then. They had the six-month rule. Well, we don't have a six-month rule here. We want you to serve right now. You gave your life to Jesus, serve now. Get involved now. And let God work in your life. We want you to serve. We have sign-ups back there, all of that. But today I want you to lift your hands all over this congregation. I want you to make a commitment to God to begin to serve whatever area. Maybe you're already serving right now. But you say, you know what, I'm going to step it up a little bit. I'm going to step it up. Let's begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we're going to step it up right now. Lord, our service in the kingdom today. We don't want to be spectators. We want to be participators today. Uh, maybe some of you need to reconnect, get more involved. Some of you kind of got disconnected and you need to reconnect again. I'm going to reconnect. I'm going to get back involved. I kind of, you know, let myself kind of be a spectator, but I'm going to get back involved right now. I'm going to use my talent for the kingdom of God right now. They're going to lead us in worship right now so we can lift our hands. We can worship right now. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.